My good friends, it is National Coffee Day. Yes, Tuesday, National Coffee Day. And to celebrate, Strava Craft Coffee is offering a 30% coupon for DNVR listeners. If you haven't tried Strava Craft Coffee, now is the time. We've raved about the CBD-infused coffee for a long time. And it's because it not only tastes amazing, but the health benefits have been really beneficial for many. So if you love coffee and happen to suffer from chronic migraines, IBS, arthritis, etc., you should absolutely check this out. We are not saying this, is a, this coffee is a cure to all of that, but a lot of people have said it has helped, with the, helped them. So go to Strava Craft Coffee and get your 30% off today by using the code DNVR30. Go to StravaCraftCoffee.com, use the code DNVR30, and get your 30% off for National Coffee Day. You know we'll be taking advantage. podcast on a Tuesday morning here in the Mile High City and of course the DNVR Broncos podcast is presented by MSU Denver Online. They'll put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. So head over to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. We're talking 40-plus online and hybrid programs and 750 total classes. So head over to msudenver.edu slash online today. My boy, RK, what's up? Happy Tuesday. Man, I have no idea what day of the week it is because Broncos playing on a Thursday, so this feels like a Friday, and it doesn't really matter what day of the week it is, Ryan. The Broncos just putting players on IR left and right, and another one this morning. Yes, and just so everyone knows, Mace not on IR. He's just traveling <laughs> to New York for the game on Thursday. Um, Zach, another day, another starter down. I count, well, before, I guess before we go on, Elijah Wilkinson uh, has been placed on IR today. And regardless of how you feel about Elijah Wilkinson versus DeMar Dotson, this is just another starter down for the Denver Broncos. Um, I counted roughly now, you know, someone somewhere is going to argue with me about who's a starter and who's not nine starters from what should have been the opening day roster of 22 are now down. And then one of those I count is Juwan James. So then you just go to his backup. So now that you got 10, uh, including the backup that actually played on opening day. Uh, so almost half of the players that you expected to be on the field for you are gone, are on, are, are not, maybe not on IR, but not playing this week. 
and a ton of money tied up in those guys too. The you know Elijah Wilkinson, a, a kind of a borderline starter, but then you also have Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, Jarrell Casey, AJ Boye. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Ryan, we're we're like not too far away from being half the Broncos payroll on IR or not well, playing. Well, Zach, when you combine the money that the Broncos have on IR with the money that they didn't use against the cap with the money, with the dead cap that they have, you're actually talking about 50% of the Broncos salary cap is not able to be used right now. Yikes. Yikes. So Ryan, if I were to have told you that, uh, let's say three months ago in June, if I would have told you that, and I would have said, what's the Broncos record? before they play the New York Jets on that Tuesday right before. What, what do you think your guess would have been? Uh, so they played three games, I would say 0-6. Oh <laughs> That's what it feels like, man. It feels like we're living in 0-6 oh just three weeks into the season. So when you take a step back and look at it like that, it's not a surprise that the Broncos are off to an 0-3 oh start. By, and put on top of that, that the teams that the Broncos have played are eight and one. How about that? Eight and one. Yeah, and of course, I guess they'd be five and one if you take away the three wins that they got against the Broncos. But even then, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so tough. I feel so bad for Broncos fans right now because based on the situation and the way that things have gone for the last four years, it's perspective is really hard to find right now. And it's understandable, you know, when you just keep getting punched in the gut and punched in the gut, punched in the gut. And then all of a sudden a new season comes along and you get punched in the gut just with a left hand instead of a right hand. You're not saying like, well, you know, it's just, it's not as bad of a punch to the gut because of this, that, no, it's still a punch to the gut. Uh, And it sucks because it's not as if, you know, you can just, there's like a, a bunch of free passes out there that you could give it. Well, Vic Fangio was good last year. Now that, you know, this, all this has happened, uh, you can't put all this on. Well, no, Vic Fangio wasn't that good last year. And, um, you know, the, the offense was great last year, but now they lost all these things. No, the offense wasn't great last year. So there's, it's not like there's evidence to be able to give out free passes right now. Uh, even though, I think my first instinct is to do so. Like, there's just no way you can judge anything that happens other than, like, little micro decisions. You can, you can make judgments based on little micro decisions. And speaking of little micro decisions, Zach, we're going to find out if, if uh, Vic Fangio and, and his staff made the correct micro decision by not – giving uh, DeMar Dotson a chance to win the right starting right tackle job. And, and here's the funny thing, and I'll just admit this right now. The Jets' pass rush sucks. <laughs> so DeMar Dotson is going into a fantastic situation, and it's going to be even worse for the optics of this. Or, 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 or Vic Fangio is going to be proven right because DeMar Dotson is going to really struggle against the New York Jets' non-existent pass rush. And we're going to say, okay, yeah, they, they got it right. But what I predict is going to happen is DeMar Dotson is going to have a great game. And, and it might be unfair, but everyone is going to look at this coaching staff and say, what the hell were you guys doing? 
Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's from what I saw in training camp. That's kind of what I've been saying these past couple of weeks is open your eyes, you know, and just, just play who looks good. And Ryan, I think you're right because I also think that Brett Rippon's going to be the starter and Brett's going to get the ball out fast. So there's going to be a lot of things that help DeMar and hurt the look of the coaching staff this week. But we will get a fair sample size from DeMar because with Elijah going to IR, he'll be out at least three weeks. So we'll see DeMar against the Jets. We'll see DeMar against New England. And then we'll see DeMar against the Dolphins. And Ryan, what the Broncos need to not do is if DeMar looks good in those three games and Elijah's back from his fractured shin, which just sounds awful, like a terrible shin splint, uh, then don't put him back against the Chiefs the following week, especially with a good pass rush. Please, it's okay. It's okay if DeMar looks better. Just say that there was a mistake. You don't even say there was a mistake. You just say DeMar's playing good and you keep him there. Oh my gosh. Now that would be just insult to injury if that's what ends up happening. But I don't think they'll take a good player off the field if he is in fact playing well. Well, especially if you're going to bring back Drew Locke, because at that point, you know, the, the word of the day yesterday was malpractice. That's malpractice. <laughs> um, like that's fireable offense. If you are putting a worse offensive line in front of your starting quarterback. So we're going to find out. And, and, and honestly, that three-game sample, is even, even that is a pretty good shake uh, for DeMar Dotson, although New England probably is going to pose some problems. But two out of the three games there, you're going against subpar teams. Uh, although, you know, the, the Dolphins did bring a ton of pressure when they went up against the Jags last week, so something you got to be prepared for. And you mentioned Brett Rippon. Man, I wish I had the confidence that you had you have that he's going to be announced as the starter. It was so clear out there that he is the right move right now based on what this team needs. They need a brain behind the offensive line to help those guys get set up, and he has it. Um, just out of curiosity, what gives you the confidence that he'll be announced as the starter? Well, because we find out this morning from Vic Fangio on KOA that, that he said he wants to, they've made a decision and he wants to tell the team first, that sounds like an announcement coming. And do you make an announcement if you're just going to end up starting the same guy that you started the previous week? No, the, the only thing that could change that in my mind is oh, they did bench Jeff Driscoll. So kind of bringing him back. Maybe there's an announcement for bringing Jeff Driscoll back. But to me, it, they kind of want to give Brett Rippon, you know, the ultimate, uh, the teammates go crazy when they find out he's starting. I like this take. It reminds me of a take I have that um, college players never announce a press conference to say that they're coming back to school. So whenever <laughs> there's a press conference, you know they're gone. Right. Um, although former Bronco Omar Bolden, did gave everyone the runaround on this um, because he showed up in a suit and uh, was very like somber in his press conference. It's like, after talking with my family, you know, I just feel like the best decision for me. And then he like ripped off his dress shirt and he was wearing his ASU Jersey still. And he's like, cause I'm going to come back for another year. <laughs> That's a great story. Except for the fact that I believe either in the first week, or before the season even started, he tore his ACL and plummeted his draft stock. Yeah, he really should have should have come out. Man, that's just so unfortunate. He was a player, too. Oh, my God. He was electric. 
uh, in college. Okay, so uh, Brett Rippon, Damar Dotson, if those, I mean, this is, if you would have asked us on Sunday, that's what we said we would have wanted. Uh, do, do you feel better about the Broncos' chances of winning in New York on Thursday night? With, with with my eyes, you know, barely open, taking a very small view at this. Yeah, I, I do feel better about this Broncos team, definitely, uh, with a big picture, too, with DeMar Dotson. But with Brett Rippon, I, I was thinking about this this morning. Ryan, it's crazy. And nothing against Brett, but just a guy that's going to be making his first NFL start, has one drive of experience in the NFL. On a short week, though, traveling on the road he is playing a bad team so that helps that it just shows you where this team is right now where he's the guy that makes you feel better and on top of that he's going to be the third starting quarterback in three weeks in fact in less than a three-week time span the third starting quarterback that has to be so tough on the coaching staff uh, on, on making a play design and then also on the rest of the offense itself Yet that's what makes me feel better. So, well, I do feel better with Brett. I, and I'm not over the moon about it just because of how difficult that is, Ryan. Yeah, it, it's so weird. It's so funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, there is a little bit of tape out there on Brett Rippon now. So I'm sure um, that the Jets will be able to notice a few deficiencies here and there that they might feel like they're able to uh exploit uh I feel like I've been wrong about a lot of like macro takes from the offseason so far so I do have to pat myself on the back when I'm right uh I said it from the start that Brett Rippon should have been this team's backup quarterback uh and I didn't think they needed to sign Je uh Jeff Driscoll uh and I think that has if 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 they start Brett Rippon that will will have been proven right. I don't understand how much money did they give Jeff Driscoll? Uh, what is it, two and a half or three million bucks, and more guaranteed money than Cam Newton, of course. Yeah, that was a bad move. Um, regardless, honestly, whether they start him or not. Uh, and, and the reason I've said that about Brett Ribbon from the start was that I thought he had everything you want in a backup quarterback. He has the smarts. He has uh, the the like the um, fundamentals. I think he's a guy that go in there and just manage a football game for you, and that's what you want from him. Jeff Driscoll, man, I'm sorry, I don't know if he has any of the characteristics that I want in my backup quarterback. Unless you're going to say when he comes in for that first game, we're going to catch everyone off guard and yes. and run with him then he can work out. But as we know, the Broncos uh, did not use him that way against Pittsburgh, did not use him that way last week when they had a full week to prep for it. So then, yeah, I agree, Ryan. What are you doing? Yeah, it makes, like, entirely no sense. It makes entirely no sense. Uh, and the other part of this, Zach, is now because you made that bad signing and you wasted that money and you didn't really have a plan as for how to use this guy. You also did a disservice to Brett Rippon because how many times do you think Brett Rippon has thrown Jerry Judy the ball? Oh, I mean, maybe today during the walkthrough will be the first time outside of the game. Yeah, like I remember Judy repping with the twos, but I don't think he got much reps with the threes. Um, 
K.J. Hamler, I don't think I ever saw him with the threes either. Definitely not Tim Patrick with the threes. So, you know, his reps are with Fred Brown and um, guys of that nature. And you basically, in my opinion, if you start Brett Rippon, and again, this is why I'm afraid that they're not going to do it, admit that you were just you just wasted all of those reps in, in training camp. Yep, it, you're, you're exactly right. And on top of that, Ryan, why would you have Brett Rippon on this team if you're not going to play him when it's clear that he needs to be the one playing? If you're, if you're never going to play him, and I know he's good for Drew uh, and, and this and that, but if you're never comfortable playing, with, playing him, and if you're not comfortable playing him now, then you're never comfortable playing him. Why have him on the team? In fact, you know, after last year, after you saw the chemistry between him and Drew, after you saw how much he helped Drew, cut him and say, Brett, we'll pay you more money to be a coach on this team and be a quarterback coach. Or let's say you want to bring in Mike Shula, an assistant quarterback coach. We'll pay you more money to do that than we will to have you on the practice squad. If you want to end your playing career and and join us right now, start your coaching career, then great. And then it saves the Broncos a roster spot. You know, if you're really that uncomfortable playing him, then that's what the Broncos should have done. And then if Brett said, no, I still want to play, then you can decide on if you want to use a roster spot or not. But obviously the NFL doesn't do stuff like that. If I was Brett and they made that offer, I would have said, guys, there's nothing, uh, nothing more I want to do than put on orange and blue and be a coach for the Broncos. And then I'd go coach for Boise State. <laughs> oh man, that would that would be good. <laughs> and, or and then you make uh, you make the Broncos pay you like double what Boise would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so actually, and, and Ryan, oh, what were you gonna say? I just I actually do envision him being the head coach of Boise State one day down the oh, road. Oh, mo- most definitely. Maybe he'll then make the jump to the Broncos one day after that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. It has to be. It has to be Brett Rippon. And what is crazy, even crazier about that to me, Ryan, is let's say Brett Rippon struggles or the Broncos lose. One of those two things happen, and Drew Locke isn't healthy to play against New England. I can almost guarantee it'll be four starting quarterbacks in four weeks. I think John Elway wants Blake Bortles to play so bad if Drew Locke isn't healthy. And we keep hearing from Vic, and understandably so, that they just have not had enough time with Blake Bortles. It would be unfair. It wouldn't be right to do. Uh, so I, that's why we're not seeing Blake this week. If you get 10 days to prepare for New England, you're going to have four different starting quarterbacks in four different weeks is that a record <laughs> it has to be it, I, I told my buddy this last night and, and just about how crazy that is and he said how many teams have ever had four starting quarterbacks in a season uh, it's got to be very few <laughs> I'm thinking the Lions might have actually last year um Matt Stafford Jeff Driscoll David Blau or whatever and yep. then uh didn't did Kyle no who was there another one I don't know we'll have to look that up I I felt like they had like the crazy maybe it was just three what about um the Steelers last last year Mm, Ben Roethlisberger Duck Hodges um Mason Rudolph was there a fourth I don't think so they uh, they... Dobbs did Dobbs play for them one game did he did he start 
I don't know. Maybe they did. Obviously, Paxton was almost there, but even he wasn't able to make his way up. Jeez, not even in the worst quarterback situation in the league. Could he get a start? (laughs) Um, Yeah, here's the other thing, though, Zach. The other side of that is if Brett Rippon plays well this week, then he's bought, to me, he buys the rest of the, the time that Drew locks out. And that means that the Broncos wasted another million dollars on Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't start Brett, have him do well, win the game, and then bench him. No. In fact, I don't even think you can have him do well, lose the game, and bench him. Right, if it's not on his shoulders. Yeah. Do you think if the Broncos quarterback, whoever it is this week, plays well, whatever you consider well, the Broncos win? That's probably a good point. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so what's well? Uh, let's say for Brett Rippon, well is going to be like 17 of 23 for uh, maybe 16 of 23 for 211 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Man, that is, that is well done right there. Just, <laughs> just a little pink, not, not the ideal, but man, yeah. He has to be back. And, and the Broncos win 20 to 16 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he, has, he has to be back. Oh, man. It is just – it's wild. At this point, it's, it's honestly comical to some, but mind-blowing where the Broncos are right now. And that's really not even talking about the 0-3 record. It's talking about the situation they're at with their quarterback. It's talking about – the situation they're at with their IR, the situation they're at with their injured players. Now there's a chance Philip Lindsay does play tomorrow, which would obviously be a big boost no matter who the quarterback is, but he'd be on play count if he does. Brian, you're shaking your head. Don't you dare play Philip Lindsay on that crap field. Oh my goodness. And then there's that too. And they have the Broncos haven't even played on the terrible, terrible field that's injured so many players. Oh, man. Do, do you take that into consideration? If you don't, bringing back a favorite word of mine, malpractice. That is malpractice if you don't consider that. Um, I don't think Bradley Chubb should be playing out there. I mean, I actually, like, I feel ten times more passionate about that than I do about Philip Lindsay not playing out there. Right. Are you – come on. Are you kidding me? Like – how could you how could you play Bradley Chubb, who very clearly is still nursing a knee injury, on this turf monster that you know the the 49ers are freaking out about? Yeah, and where Nick Bosa, a healthy guy, just tore his ACL. Bradley Chubb, we know, is not healthy. I I completely agree with you, and it's a short week. To me, there's no rush in bringing Philip Lindsay back. But, Ryan, this kind of boils down to one big question. And I'm going to ask you that question. What is the point of Thursday's game? What, what are you trying to get out of it if you're the Denver Broncos? You're either going to be starting a quarterback that you just benched the game before in his first start, or you're going to be starting an undrafted second-year player who's playing his first start in the NFL – and by the way, on top of all of that, or I, I guess they could surprise us all and play Blake Bortles, who would be making his first start one week after playing his first game with the team, although Vic did rule that out. And then on top of that, 
you know, half your team is injured. Like you said earlier, what's the point? The point of this one is keeping your head above water um, from, from a Broncos standpoint. I think if you go one and three, then you, you can see the path to two and three. And then you say, okay, well, then we play the Dolphins the week after that. Now we can get back to three and three. And they expect to have Drew back against the Dolphins. Now, I don't think they really have a chance of beating the Patriots. But that's where this team is at, is, okay, if we can get one this week, we're not going to drown. I mean, look at the, the path back to four and four. If you start 0 and four, who do they play after Miami? Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. You're never getting back. You're never getting back to 500. It's just it's okay. over. You you can't. Um, although I guess it's possible. But you you see what I'm saying is, okay. So you go to 0 and 4. Now you play the Patriots. Even if you win that one, now you got the Dolphins. You got to win that one too. Uh, now you play the Chiefs. You got to win that one too. Congratulations. You're on a three game winning streak. You beat two playoff teams. You're three and four. Yeah. All right. I mean, tomorrow is complete desperation for the Broncos. That's why, Ryan, they're not thinking about it the way you and I are, because they are in that desperate mode. They are starving, and they will eat anything to stay alive, because you go to 0-4, not only does that sink your playoff hopes, but then for back-to-back years, Vic Fangio starts 0-4, his job would then he would feel that his job's on the line. Like you said yesterday, Ryan, if the Broncos drop to 0-4, then there will be big calls for Vic Fangio's job. And it doesn't help that then there's a long week before they play the Patriots. I don't think Vic Fangio's getting fired after this game. But that doesn't mean that the calls won't be loud for that move to be made. And on top of that, it's not like you're playing the Chiefs this week where any loss, even if you had Drew, Drew Locke, would be understandable. And it's not like you're playing the Chiefs with a backup quarterback where then it's very understandable. No, you're playing the worst team in the league. And if you lose to the worst team in the league, well, what does that you're make you? You're the worst you? team in the league. Right, exactly. That uh, An argument will be made for that as well. So there's not just for Vic, but for the players and for Elway, there's a lot on the line on this game. So that's why I think if Philip Lindsay's close, like Vic Fangio told KLA this morning, he's going to play. If uh, any other guys are close, they're going to be playing. Yeah, I think you're right, and that might come back to to bite you even more. The weird thing, Zach, is this is so bad. Everything that is happening is so bad. But it's weirdly not bad enough, uh, in my opinion. What I mean is, if Drew Locke was done for the season, touch wood – uh, if Philip Lindsay, you know, wasn't coming back, touch wood. If AJ Boye wasn't coming back, touch wood. Well, now I would be saying like, oh, and 16 is on the table. All right. But with those guys on the field, it's not, uh, at all. They're going to win football games with, with the guys that they're going to get back, back. And so now it's just like, I don't know, like I can talk myself into both sides of it, of they need to win, uh, on Thursday so they can, you know, try to climb their way back into this thing. Uh, or they need to lose because they're going to win, uh, you know, games later down the road. Uh, and you want to be 4-12 and 12 more than you want to be 5-11. and 11. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the worst places for the Broncos to be right now is 6-10 and 10 and 5-11. and 11. If Drew Locke comes back, oh, but I, I, I you know, taking a, a big look at it, I agree with you, Ryan. I think they win about half the games 
where Drew Locke's in there. And if they steal a game tomorrow night that they're not supposed to win without Drew Locke, uh, then, you know, you get closer to that 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 territory. And when you take a very big step back, you say, what's the point? What, what's the point right now? Well, it's pretty much about getting better for next year, 2021 uh, and, and beyond. And now this may be going too far right now. We have not said anything about tanking for Trevor. And that is not, you know, that, that's just not going to be the mindset the Broncos ever have of, of truly tanking. But man, watching Patrick Mahomes last night, and you made a great point earlier in the offseason. You said, no matter how good Drew Locke is, he's never going to be as good, or he's never going to be better than Patrick Mahomes. You have to have a lot of things go your way in order to compete with the Chiefs. And I completely agree with that. And you and I love Drew Locke uh, and, and like what he can do more than anyone else. Yet that is the truth right there. And boy, if you have a chance to get Trevor Lawrence, that's one of, it, one of the only guys that may give you a chance to maybe not be as good, but be just as close to anyone else as being as good as Patrick Mahomes. And that's the first time when it really crept in my mind last night of, holy cow, what if you were able to get him? And then there's your Patrick Mahomes for 15 years. It's a crazy thought and one that I assume there's a, what well, it's a thought that I think if they lose on Thursday, uh, we're going to have a long time to talk about. Um, but, you know, and I have a whole – I've already begun devising my plan of, like, what needs, what needs to happen if this is – if they're going to go down this road. Um, but what, what if, Zach, what if you could get the number one overall pick without having to lose all of those games? My question is, what happens to the draft order – if this Titans Vikings COVID thing spirals out of control and, you know, the worst case scenario happens, uh, which is not at all what anyone wants, of course, but I just wonder, would it be draft order, you know, season canceled draft order is as it stands now. Well, I think it'd have to be right. Holy cow. That just, that makes tomorrow night that much more potentially juicy. Holy yeah. cow. I did not think of that. Yeah, and I don't think – I think the chances of the NFL season getting canceled are, like, 0.01%. I agree. Uh, but the NFL is not going to move on from that. Right, exactly. But I just – I thought of it this morning, and I was like, wow, what if the, the, the craziest timeline happened? Um, and I believe – let me just double-check on this right now. I'm looking up how many – winless teams there are in the NFL right now well I've got it here from Tankathon they have six winless teams in the NFL right now um and I wonder what the I don't know what they do oh strength of schedule is the tiebreaker um so the Broncos are ranked as the fourth overall pick right now because they're strength of schedule of all 16 opponents um that they are to face this year right now is a, fi- a win percentage of 583 and do you know do they take the worst strength of schedule like the easiest one 
Yes, whoever had the worst record against the best against the worst strength of schedule gets the number one overall pick. Yeah, so that's not good for the Broncos because they've the, their opponents that they've played at least up until now. If they were to do it based on that, either well, they would probably for sure have the hardest strength of schedule. Yeah, although after they play the Jets, that will make it take a large hit. Um, and then you also eliminate a winless team because they'll just take, they'll get a win. Right, so you would at least you would take the Jets out. Um, man, right now Atlanta would have the number one overall pick, which is crazy because they're not that bad. No, that is nuts. Wow. Do they, man, do they take Trevor Lawrence? Of course. Of Trade course. Matt Ryan for whatever they can get. The first team that I get to that I think even considers not taking Trevor Lawrence as I go through this list, uh, the Falcons taking Trevor Lawrence, the Giants, absolutely. Minnesota, for sure. Denver, yes. Uh, uh, New York Jets, yep. Houston Texans, no. Yeah, no. And then also Philadelphia, yes. And Cincinnati is the next one on that list that I would say no. Ooh, yeah. Cincinnati would be just in a fantastic spot there because they either get to trade for so many picks or they draft Trevor Lawrence and then trade Joe Burrow for a first or whatever they could get for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. One team, one team that is for sure not taking them, and that's the Texans. Also, I think we need to change the term win percentage. Um, if a tie registers in win percentage, it, it's, that's an incorrect name. The Philadelphia Eagles' win percentage right now is zero. They have, they have won zero percent of their games. But they have a win percentage of 167. That because doesn't make a tie sense. Counts as, because in win percentage, a tie counts as half a win. Wow. Yeah, no. Then what should it be? It should be uh, just record percentage? Yeah, or result percentage. <laughs> right, yeah, because you did not win. No, you have a zero win percentage. <laughs> man i mean this is just the, and then if they win on thursday ryan i think any realistic talk of trevor lawrence is completely out the window so this game for so many reasons is just so fascinating if they win it's probably brett rippon playing the new england patriots only three quarterbacks in four weeks that's better than four and four uh and you can forget about trevor lawrence if they lose then, you know, there, then there's a legitimate conversation to be had. Man, it's going to be fascinating what happens in the next 48 hours. Yeah, and no matter what happens, you're probably going to want to have some Breckenridge brews by your side as you watch the game on Thursday night because the more you drink, the better they'll look. Uh, or just the more mad you'll get, uh, depending on, <laughs> you know, what kind of drinker you are. But either way, uh, it'll help numb the pain, have a couple delicious Breck brews, and you can even get – some of that Broncos country beer, man. One of the probably the most beautiful can I've ever seen uh, on, for, for any beer ever. Um, so if you're in Colorado, you can get that. If you're not, you can always get yourself some Strawberry Sky or some Hop Peak, make some RK specials. Uh, whatever it is, Breck Brews are damn good beers all the time, 100% of the time. 
So head down to your local liquor store and get yourself some Breck Brews. Man, with this short week of football, we get to move on from that loss right away, Ryan. And there's no better place to get in on all the action than at DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, they're doing it again. They're giving you a chance to turn $1 into $100 to all new users. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team. And if that team wins, you'll get $100. And if you don't like betting on football, we all know you're football fans, but if you don't like betting on football, DraftKings is giving all basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week four, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use that promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. First comment here from Onion Booty. Bronco says, Juwan James is a genius for opting out. Oh, man. I mean, uh, certainly avoiding injury. Yeah, and as, as the days go on, you know, with COVID, we're, we're really seeing the, the first COVID in the NFL right now. It's going to be interesting to see that play out. Yeah, it is. And, and the, the only thing I would uh, say is I, I'm a believer that, you know, everything changes everything. So maybe if Juwan James was out there at practice, then – uh, then Von Miller never gets hurt in the first place, and you know the whole chain never starts. Yeah, the Broncos could be three and zero right now. Wild. Pismo Beach Broncos 07 says, "I'm to say I'm disappointed with the season is an understatement of the decade. I could rant forever, but I'll resist the temptation. I could have sworn that the uninspired debacle that we all witnessed this weekend was the Vance Joseph coach team. Hypothetical question here." Let's assume the team is in the exact same situation with injuries, but Cam Newton is our quarterback and he hasn't gotten hurt. Also assuming that we are running an offense to his strengths. What is our record right now? What is our record to end the year compared to now? Let's stay strong together, guys. Something has to change soon, right? This is too proud of a franchise not to. <sighs> What's the record with Cam Newton? This is such a hypothetical because you're also assuming that the Broncos like catered their offense around Cam Newton, which I don't know. Um, probably two and one. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going with. You win those first two games, you you lose to uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks this weekend, but two and one, and then you easily win this game on Thursday. Yeah, but I don't really know if that proves any points. Right. Right. Other than, yeah, I mean, you could have had him as your backup. Although I don't think Cam was going anywhere to be a backup. Yeah, true. From 0-3, broke the count. <laughs> now that the count has relegated himself to the dungeon again, can we break out the Sanginu Sing Sanguinity references without landing on his guano list? I'll start with mine. Shermer, no quick screens, bro? <laughs> I saw this one last night and uh, thought if I could avoid it, that'd be good. <laughs> Sanguinity. Yeah, and, and guano. Guano list. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pat, what are you doing? Let's get some screens, especially with Brett Rippon, right? You got to be throwing lots of, lots of screens. Help your quarterback out. Did you see the just 
absolute plethora of screens the Kansas City Chiefs ran last night. It is unbelievable. They must have 60 screens in their playbook. And they're all so freaking creative. I mean, one, Patrick Mahomes fakes to the left. He turns around. He fakes to the right. And then he just has this nice little outlet of Travis Kelsey right there. It picks up like eight yards. And it's yes. just such a beautiful play. That touchdown play where Tyreek Hill runs in the back and it looks like he's going to pitch it to him. And then there's just a fullback right there. He pitches it to He's Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos actually ran uh, that, that one that they ran to Travis Kelsey, uh, uh, an iteration of that to Noah Fant last year against the Texans, and it worked. Um, the one, I mean, that one, though, it, the one thing I'll say is these things work because the defense has to worry about so much. You know, I'm sorry, but the Broncos run that same play. It probably gets blown up, and they look like idiots. <laughs> but the fact that he does the little like underhand, it wasn't even a shovel pass is an underhand flip because the defense is trying, you know, that you've heard the term read their keys and they're trying to do that as well as they can. Like it's been preached to them so hard all week, read your keys, read your keys, read your keys. So they're looking at Tyreek Hill swinging out of the backfield. That's one of the things you know, and the linebackers are flying out of the middle trying to make sure that they are over there to get Tyree Kill on the edge. Uh, and Andy Reid has just become – and Eric Bieniemy have just become masterminds at capitalizing on you trying to read your keys. The defense can do everything right, everything they were coached all week, but they have a way to counter that. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's almost unfair because the defense has to be, should try to be perfect and then they cover everyone, and then you've got something else going on. I mean, you throw one to the to the left tackle. like. Yeah, geez. oh, my gosh. And you know what? Here's why that shovel pass to Jake Butt in the first game wasn't a good play call. Because I actually did like the play call itself. But here's why it wasn't good is because there wasn't really a threat of going outside with Drew and doing a pitch. There's that threat with the Chiefs. So, but the Broncos hadn't set any threat up ever this year, last year. So the Titans are just sitting there and they're saying, uh, it's probably going to be a run up the middle on fourth down. And then that, that's what the Broncos did because the, their fake did not fake them. You have yeah. to do things to get them to buy that. So that play, I still stand by it, is a good play call, but only if there's a threat of going outside and there's no threat there. Broncos squared. I feel bad for the great citizens of South Park for coming down to Denver and not having themselves a time. Not friendly faces, but bad Broncos everywhere. There are too many cutouts to look through, but I feel the worst for Thumper, the cool ski instructor. While giving ski lessons in Aspen, he tells the boys, if you French fry when you're supposed to pizza, you're going to have a bad time. If you're going to watch the Broncos, you're going to have a bad time. I'm holding out serious hope that we're in a slump due to the absurd amount of injuries. As a Boise State alum, I really, I'm really optimistic about Brett Rippon. Since he broke most of Kellen Moore's school records, he had over 13,000 yards while in college. Anyway, here's hoping that his quarterback play has us ripping our pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> here's to that, Broncos squared. Oh, man. Cheers. Cheers to that one. Yes, absolutely. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. People of Bronco land, I beg you, stop trying to apportion 
blame for everything that's happened in life. It's human nature to look for casualty and everything. And it's cathartic to make fault of it for another, but it's intellectually short-sighted. Want to understand just how bad our injury situation is? Look at this math. Value of Denver Broncos roster, 114 million. Salary cap, 213 million. Active value and adjusted salary cap, 53%. Active of Tampa Bay's roster, 193 million. Salary cap, 204 million active value and adjusted salary cap 94%. Want that in a simple comparison? If Tampa played the Broncos with active cap, they could afford their top eight players and half of Mike Evans. If we have the same amount of active on our entire roster, including the guys that don't even dress on Sunday, want the summary of that in one word or it on one play on Sunday? Who the beep is this beep with the golden locks making a PBU on OJ Howard? Everyone needs to stop thinking the relatively minor decisions being made around the, sh- around the shape and on game day are the reasons the Broncos are where they are. It, he makes a great point, and, and he did a great job illustrating it. It's just – it's really hard to tell football fans who, you know, their whole lives have looked at the game as every play matters, every count ma- – you know, every snap matters. <coughs> every week matters so much. It's really hard to turn around and tell them, like, yeah, I know, like, that little decision affected the game, but it didn't really because the Broncos didn't have a chance coming in because they only have 53% of their salary cap playing on the field. Right, yeah. that it's Man, that is just – I wonder what the Jets are at because their injury report is very long as well. So we got a classic Thursday night game coming up. Naderate chimes in. Do you all lay any level of blame for all of Denver's injuries on the strength and conditioning staff for the Broncos? Does something like this potentially lead to a turnover of that department? There's two different questions here. The first one, do I place any blame on the strength and conditioning staff? Absolutely unequivocally not. Uh, Look at the injury report. This isn't, you know, uh, pulled hamstring, strained calf, uh, tweaked tricep, anything like that. This is broken shin. Um, torn ligaments in the ankle. This is, uh, you know, torn ACL. This is all these stuff. Torn ACL, that one is debatable, I guess. Um, you know, bruised shoulder. There's absolutely nothing that Lauren Lando and his crew could have done to prevent Drew Locke's shoulder from getting bruised because a 300-pound man landed on top of it. So, a lot of people want to do this. And it goes back to the last commenter from Love Thunder Down Under. And I'm not saying Naderade is doing this because he just asked the question. But everyone wants to play, place blame on something. So when it's injuries, it's the strength and conditioning staff's fault. It's just not. You could maybe, maybe make the case that one or two had something to do with something. But you can't. You can't. There's just no blame here to be placed on the strength and conditioning staff. Now, the second part of your question is, does something like this potentially lead to turnover in that department? Yeah, it does all the time, uh, even though it's not their fault. Uh, it, it, it does often lead a coach to just say, like, well, we got to change something, so we're going to change the strength and conditioning staff. Also, what's really tough about this is with COVID, they, the, the strength and conditioning staff wasn't able to implement their normal regime throughout the entire offseason with these guys. So um, I think kind of everyone gets a pass this year. although. Not everyone's going to get a pass, but realistically, maybe that is what should happen. Team yeah. Meek says, how many decent games from Locke will it take to convince you guys, me, Bronco Land, that he is or can be the quarterback and that we don't need to draft one? Can he get to that number this year when he gets back? This is very simple, Zach. 
if he wins football games, not only will he prove that he should be the guy, he'll also not allow the Broncos to have a chance to take the guy. Yeah, I, I do think it's as simple as that. Yeah, so uh, he honestly can, will have control over this. Um, he's going to play – you know, they, it sounded like from Vic Fangio today that they believe he'll be ready by the Miami game. So that is – will he play 10 games? 11. If you're including week one? Because you have – no, 12 then. Because you'll have – you have nine games after the bye, and that would be two games before the bye. Interesting. Because the bye is week eight, so you get nine games after that. 17, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that is more than enough time for Drew yeah. Locke to win five games or even four. And four games this year is going to put you out of contention for Justin Fields because you got to win zero to get uh, Trevor Lawrence or one. Um, I, at least I'm of that belief. So, and, and by the way, mo- it's looking like no team that it, that wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence is going to get the number one overall pick. So you're not trading for him either. Um, So, you know, let's, let's get that out of the way. If they beat the jets this week, you do have Justin Fields there and there might be a scenario where there, where Justin Fields goes around pick five, if it was just straight up. And maybe if you have pick 12, you can trade up to number two or three to get him. Um, I, I would advise against that uh, if, if Drew Locke wins four or five games. So Drew can play them, play them right out of contention for a pick to, to replace him. Yeah, and if Drew doesn't win the games, well, then he's not the guy, and then you're in a prime position to have him fall to you. Man, I, the, to my, Thursday night's game is just it is so big when you take a big step back and look at it. It's pretty crazy, man. And, and – if Drew, Lock, if the Broncos are zero and five, and Drew Locke is eighty percent or ninety percent, are you playing him against Miami? I'm not because then I don't think you get a good sample. I want the best sample size of Drew. So if that's the case, let him sit for Miami. Let him sit for Kansas City. Then you have a bye. Then he should be a hundred percent after the bye. Then he gets nine games. Drew, go win four or five of these. Take us out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and you're our guy. If you go out and you win two of them, well, thank you. We're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. One right there. God, I don't want to go down this road. There's so many roads to go down <laughs> if they just if they lose on Thursday. Yeah. And there's also roads to go down if they win, of course. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, okay, so you lose on Thursday, you're 0-4. You're basically guaranteed to be 0-5. Um, you don't, let's say you don't play Drew in, in week six or seven. And now you're zero and seven, entering a bye week. Entering a bye week, and I just think the conversation has to happen at that point of just like, you know what, just put Drew on IR and just, just send it in. Yep, let's let's do this. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, and then, you, is... and then Jeff Driscoll starts. Yeah, Jeff, you're back. We're gonna get our money's worth on you. We're we're I'm trying to save these, but it's just where my mind is going. Try I want to save these conversations uh, for Thursday night if they need to be had. I hope they don't. I hope they don't need to be had. Yeah, yeah, me too. From Drew Locker, boy, men, the future isn't bright for the Broncos or the NFL. Mahomes will praise Brady as the new goat after he wins ten Super Bowls. Stop. He just happens to be in the division two. I'll take someone up on a bet. The Chiefs are going sixteen and zero. 
doubt anyone's going to take it up. Anyway, Mace, you must be king of the world after last night's lightning win. Congrats. Well, Drew Locker boy, uh, I will definitely take you up on a pizza bet of, uh, <laughs> about the Chiefs going 16-0 if you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah, I he he's right. Uh, he was right about someone not wanting to take him up on that. I don't want to take him up on that, but uh, but yeah, Ryan, that's uh, it's only been done once and never even a sixteen and zero. I'm playing with house pizzas, um, <laughs> so I'm down for a pizza bet on that. And uh, I just realized also, and, and the count pointed this out to me on Twitter, I think. Um, that the count and I have a pizza bet about the Patriots making the playoffs. He said, yes, I said no. So, or it might've been winning their division either way. His bets look better than mine. Uh, <laughs> making the playoffs or winning the division. Hopefully it's winning the division. So I at least have a chance. <laughs> All right. Drew, like Drew locker boy, lock it in, lock it in with Ryan. Yeah. Lock it in, lock it up. Uh, I, he's not winning 10 Super Bowls. Let's, let's calm down. Um, from lock the Casbah. Oh, where'd you go? Oh, okay, I thought I lost you for a second. From Lock the Casbah, I'm a little surprised to hear you guys so pessimistic about the Broncos uh, to set such unfavorable lines, even with Driscoll. The Jets look like definitively the worst team. Some call them one of the worst teams they've seen in years, if not decades. They're injured, too. Their first three wide receivers have been out. Going position group by position group, even with the crop of injuries and the estimated DNPs that came up today, we still seem better at almost every position group. Darnold is directly responsible for at least 14 points to the other team. He has played significantly worse than Driscoll so far this year, like multitudes worse. Eh. The Colts have an awful, banged-up secondary and mediocre defense that isn't much better than the Broncos, if better at all. I disagree with that as well. And the Jets could only put up seven points. Even with Driscoll in one game, we hung with the Titans and Steelers. It seems like uh, – well, he didn't have anything to do with the Steelers – or the Titans, I mean. It seems like uh, almost every – oh, I see what he's saying. Even with Driscoll in one of the games, we hung with the Titans and Steelers. It seemed like almost everyone, everywhere I look, we look at least a little bit better off than the Jets. Is it being a home game? Uh, might be that's all in their favor. Like, everything truly points to us truly being the better team. I could be wrong, and I'm not trying to come for you guys. I could see the Jets winning. But I was so surprised to hear a lot of the faith from you guys and others in the Jets for winning or being favored in most of the possible lines that could be wrong. If I'm wrong... I just don't know what I'm missing about the Jets. I think Vegas line of minus two for the Broncos makes sense. I would have said it at minus four if Rippin plays and minus two if Driscoll plays. The Jets are really bad. The Broncos are 0-3 with 11 guys on IR, not including Drew Locke uh, and Phillip Lindsay. And those are five of your six Pro Bowlers that may be out this week. And on top of that, Ryan, if that wasn't bad enough, you are making a quarterback decision and likely a change 48 hours before the game where that quarterback, if it is Brett Rippon, gets zero starts or zero practices. Zero. He gets a walkthrough or two before the game. That right there is just why I'm skeptical of the Broncos going in and blowing the doors off the Jets because we're talking about the most important position in sports. And, and on the flip side, Sam Darnold has certainly not been good this year. But, man, he shows those, ta- th- those flashes. And here's another thing I look at. If the Broncos don't win this game, do they have a chance to win another game this year? Absolutely. Because they're going to get Drew Locke back at some point. They will absolutely have another chance to win a game. If the Jets don't win this game, Ryan, 
do they have another chance to win a game? This is probably their best chance to win a game all season. That's wild. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the closest line they have all season. Now, we know about these things. Just teams just show up some weeks and other teams don't, and you get a stupid upset that no one was predict, predict, projecting or predicting. Um, what I'll say about this, and I think that, you know, he makes a good point here, going through position group by position group, we'd probably land on the Broncos in a lot of them. With Jeff Driscoll on the field, I think the game plan to beat the Broncos is incredibly easy. And that's why I have it sent that way. I think anyone can scheme up blitzes on Jeff Driscoll and just send them and dare him to beat you with his arm, and he's not capable of doing it. And so that, to me, is why I have the Broncos as underdogs if Jeff Driscoll starts the game. The other thing is on the other side of the ball, the game plan isn't that difficult either. And I think Sam Darnold is, is capable enough to make that to, to put that game plan together. What's the game plan? Target Josie Jewell in coverage. I mean, in any way you possibly can, get Josie Jewell covering someone and you will move the chains. Um, so you have that. Uh, and then you have the fact that Sam Darnold, and we learned this the hard way the last time the Broncos went to New York, has the arm and ability to make big plays. Remember, two different times, Robbie Anderson's walking into the end zone because he threw a dime onto his hands. You think Jeff Driscoll is making any big plays to, to change this game? I don't. Um, and that's why I want, I want Brett Rippon out there because I think he can string together three or four first downs in a row and get the Broncos a field goal. Um, but Sam Darnold has the ability to make big plays over the top, regardless of who he's throwing to, regardless of the fact that, you know, he's made a lot of bad decisions. To me, I think this game is going to come down to big momentum swinging plays. And I believe the Jets are more capable of creating those plays. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And Ryan, speaking of swinging the momentum, WGT Golf is a place where you can definitely swing your momentum into gear on the golf course. And guys, we want you to play this game with us. I've been playing WGT Golf on my iPad for the past 10 years. Started playing on my phone a couple of years ago, and I absolutely love it. We want you guys to play with us. So how do you play the most popular golf game in the world? Go to dnvrgolf.com to download the free WGT Golf app. Go to dnvrgolf.com because that lets WGT know that you want to play with us. Download the app then go into the clubhouse section and search for DNVR3. That's DNVR and the number three next to it to join our series of clubhouses. This will get you access to everything that we do and all of the awesome weekly tournaments we have, including the first major we just had this weekend, which had – $300 in cash prizes plus other awesome DNVR swag up for grabs. So get in now so that you can practice and be ready for that next major when we have that. And it's such a fun game, guys. I love how realistic it is. And I love playing real courses like Pebble Beach and St. Andrews. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. And also head over to Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, best damn family owned dentist in the metro area. And diehard Colorado sports fans, what more could you ask for? Well, you could ask for a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. And guess what? When you do that, you will get what you ask for and get that Sonicare toothbrush. So head on down there. They treat you like family. You know, you're going to get a card in the mail on your birthday from your dentist. That's kind of nice. You know, it's, it's like you, you don't think about it until you see it and you're like, oh, you know they really they really do know me they care about me that that's the type of uh that's the type of love i want to feel when i go to the dentist so that's why i 
go to Green Mountain Dental Group and why you should too. Ryan, next one coming in from Jockstrap Jerry. What's up, my friends? As we sit in 0-3 with a potentially long road ahead of us, I can't help but compare this team with the 2018 49ers. Like Locke, Jimmy G had ended the previous season on a high note, which created a lot of optimism before a barrage of injuries derailed the 18 season. They ended up picking way higher than their roster talent would suggest and added Nick Bosa onto an eventual Super Bowl-caliber team. Obviously, none of us want to endure another losing season again, but if you ask the 49ers, I'm sure Bosa was a decent consolation prize to a disappointing season. If we truly are on the right track, we may not pick this high again for a long time, so adding a blue-chip talent to a budding roster would be a positive outcome. And as RK says, this year is the year one of the rebuild, and rebuilds take a few years. Let's take a breath, try to be optimistic, and if our young course takes steps, there's still a lot of football left to play, and I will not give up hope on this season just let, just yet. Let's beat the hell out of the Jets and pump some momentum into this team. Go Broncos and go DNVR. Hashtag ripping dimes downfield. So, yeah, this is actually a good point, and I was working on a tweet about this yesterday, and I got distracted because you got a lot of people around um, the, the NFL universe and especially the Broncos universe talking about, well, the Niners have all these injuries too. And they're, you know, they're two and one and they're, uh, they've won their last two games despite all these injuries. And in my head, I'm like, we're really doing that. We're comparing the Denver Broncos, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in four years to the San Francisco 49ers who were in the Super Bowl last year. Of course, the 49ers have better culture. Of course they have better coaching. Of course they have better depth. They're a, a, they're, they're literally months away from being in a Super Bowl. So that is silly. But what, I, what the tweet was going to get around to was, if you want to compare the Broncos to the 49ers, you should compare them to the 2018 49ers. A team that had some pieces in place, felt good about their quarterback, felt excited about their season, and had everything go wrong for them. But man, if that's the case, you should get excited. Because they did have no business adding Nick Bosa to that roster. And they did. And guess what? He got them to a Super Bowl. And damn near, he probably would have been the Super Bowl MVP if they won that game. So this is a, a good situation for the Broncos. And look, Zach, we just talked about the Falcons. Now, I don't think the Falcons are bad enough to be where they are. But could you imagine if that roster then added Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Like, they're, they're a playoff team and a, and a contender pretty quickly. So that's the, that is kind of the hope that you can hang on to is – even if Drew Locke comes back and let's say the Broncos win four games, um, we'll say Drew Locke plays eight the Bron- or nine, the Broncos win four of them, or we'll even say five. Well, we'll know at that point that the Broncos had no business being four and 12 or five and 11 because Drew was good enough to get them to eight and eight or nine and seven. And even if it's not as high of a pick as we're thinking of right now, the Broncos will end up getting a player that they probably shouldn't have got if they were healthy. Uh, and because of that, it might be the next big piece of the young core that they already have in place to keep, to keep this thing rolling. So if you want to compare the Broncos to the 49ers, look to 2018, not to 2020. That there's no, there's no parallels there other than the fact that both teams have a lot of injuries. Yeah. It's a fantastic point. Dan Burke chiming in RK, just to counter your rebuttal of my comment about Wentz's regression. I agree with you that he was under pressure in the first game against Washington when Lane Johnson was out. But since then, his offensive line has been playing well. They allowed a total of nine pressures to the Rams, Aaron Donald, zero sacks, three hits, six pressures, and they held up decently against a Bengals D-line that was without Geno Atkins. 
The issue with him is that his decision-making and mechanics have taken a significant step back when he isn't under pressure, and the only variable is that Skangarello. And Skangs definitely has a significant role in their offense. Doug Peterson and Wentz both have mentioned how much input he has, and Skangarello spoke to the Philadelphia media for a 15-minute presser a month ago or so. He's definitely hands-on with that team. I get the argument that they should have kept Scangarello for the sake of continuity, but he's not helping his case as a great offensive mind that the Broncos had to retain, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying here, but what I'm saying is not that each game in a vacuum, the offensive line is causing Carson Wentz to play poorly. What I'm saying is Carson Wentz is scarred for life because of the poor offensive line play in front of him for the last two seasons. He's been injured because of it. He's constantly getting hit because of it. He's hurt, you know, and banged up because of it. And it's, it's ruined him. Um, so that's why I have Philly on the list of teams that if they, if it really went that awry for them, they would be another team that would draft a quarterback because by their own fault, I think they've ruined their quarterback. Um, so I don't know. I get what you're saying. I, I'll, I just think Rich Gangarello has like, not just like, little to do with it literally nothing to do with this um he only made drew lock better that's the evidence i have uh drew lock raves about what rich gangrella did for him you know and, and i personally believe drew lock and i don't have this sourced but i personally believe drew lock probably wasn't that excited about the move at offensive coordinator so i know that that he speaks very highly of him and that you know you go through nick mullins jimmy garoppolo all these guys improved under Rich Gangarello, not regressed. Um, you could maybe say Joe Flacco regressed under Rich Gangarello, but you know, I, I think we would probably all agree that Joe Flacco's regression had already occurred. Uh, so, to me, the evidence suggests most, if not all, of the evidence suggests that Rich Gangarello would only help a quarterback, not hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, Ryan, let's get to speed round of questions. Manning's forehead chiming in. I was looking at the. St- the team stats category for the Broncos on ESPN. And I saw that Noah Fant is the Broncos leading scorer with 14 points, one ahead of Brandon McManus. Just found it interesting that the kicker isn't the leader in scoring this far. Doesn't, don't think this means anything other than Noah Fant may literally be our entire offense. Yeah. And the Broncos aren't scoring very many touchdowns because every time you score a touchdown, it's a point for the kicker. Uh, and the Broncos aren't scoring very many of them, so Brandon McManus isn't getting a lot of free points to pad his stats. But I guarantee you by the end of the season, he will be the leader. Yes. Broncos 502. If Denver loses to the Jets Thursday night, can we start the conversation that Elway isn't a good GM and it's time he goes? Mediocre drafts, horrible head coach picks. It's been real, but it's time for John to go. Yeah, I just don't know how we can talk about mediocre drafts uh, right now because most of the good players on this team are from the last three drafts. Um, so we can definitely talk about bad head coach picks if Vic Fangio ends up being a failure. Um, but even then, it would be two and two, right? John Fox and Gary Kubiak were good. Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio, if he fails, were bad. Uh, it, it, it's never as bad as it seems. and. I, I just don't think John Elway is as big of the problem. There was a time there. I think the, the first two years after the Super Bowl um, and maybe even the first three were John's fault. Now it's just he's, he actually has it turned around or turning around, in my opinion, um, especially if Drew Locke becomes the guy that we think he could be. But, you know, John Elway deserves a lot of blame, but I, I don't think he's getting the credit for – most of the good players on the team right now are because of John Elway draft picks. 
Yeah, that, that's just what's tough is you'd be firing John when he seems to be trending in the right direction, which is tough. Yeah. Next one from negative false positive. I hate to turn on Elway, but why do you have a backup quarterback on the roster? You are afraid to play. You go get Bortles because you don't want Driscoll to play. Fangio uh -oh. also has me concerned. You can't evaluate offensive talent at all. He's a poor game manager. He does not inspire players. What exactly does he do well? I'm willing to give Shermer a chance because there was no offseason. But what is the point when the GM and the head coach are losing it? Pull me back from the ledge, guys. You know, there's a couple things here. The Broncos have never said yet that they want to play Blake Bortles. They, th their message the whole time has been where we brought in Bortles because we wanted a, an experienced backup on the roster. Um, and I don't think there's any guarantee that he starts games yet. With that being said, if he does and, you know, and Jeff Driscoll remains on the bench where he probably should be, it's because the Broncos realized they made a mistake. They saw Jeff Driscoll in training camp, and when Drew went down and he had to start, they said, oh, crap, we have to play this guy now, and he's a lot worse than we thought he was. And to me, that's a good thing rather than a bad thing. It's not they're afraid to play Jeff Driscoll. Have you seen him? They don't want to play him because that's what he looks like when he plays. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they don't want to play him. Right, <laughs> right. Grumpy Pancake, two things. First, is there a DraftKings pick of the week for which three Broncos will be injured Thursday night? I had no idea about the Casey news until this morning. At this point, I'm just wondering who's next. Absolutely hate being that cynical. But after these, three, these first three weeks, just seems like nothing is too far-fetched. My second point. Did anyone notice after one of the Broncos' three and outs in the third quarter, the television broadcast showed Driscoll running to the sideline while very appropriately playing that song by The Fray that goes, everybody knows I'm in over my head, over my head. And on that note, have a titular Tuesday. Much love, Colin. I did notice that. And, man, was it fitting that it was by the Denver-based The Fray? I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, that was a shot. That was a shot. <laughs> it was. From Yellow Mustard, you, we should have picked Josh Allen. We should have picked Lamar Jackson and so many other QBs. But I guarantee those players would not have had the same success in Denver that they are with their own teams. This franchise is terrible at developing quarterbacks. Only one quarterback that Denver has drafted ever won a playoff game in the orange and blue. Lamar Jackson would have a losing record, and he would only be allowed to escape the pocket if the line was completely blown up. How do we change this history of bad quarterback development? Is there hope that Drew Locke is different? Yeah, of course there's hope that Drew Locke is different. The development of Drew Locke last year was extremely um, admirable. I thought they did a fantastic job uh, developing Drew Locke. Only problem with that, I guess, is we can't be confident in yet in who they have replaced. They took the guys that did develop Drew Locke and they fired them. Now they've replaced them with other guys. And we, don't, we have no sample size yet to know if those guys are doing a good job continuing the development of Drew Locke. But that was one of the things that was, you know, one of the reasons why I disagreed with the firing of Rich Gangrel in the first place was, man, they did a hell of a job getting Drew Locke ready and getting him out on the field. And Drew uh, was really comfortable with those guys. And then you fired Gangrel and T.C. McCartney. And I always felt that was odd. Now, I also liked the hire of Pat Shermer. That, so far, doesn't look like a good take. And, and, but only time will tell. Right, right. And, and one of the things that Drew did last year as a rookie, which I was so impressed with, he, was he really improved his footwork and his accuracy. And I think that goes with the coaching staff. Now, of course, you have a different coaching staff here right now. Next one coming in. Oh, from... real quick, though, just the, in the, in the, to the idea that the Broncos would have tried to make Lamar 
a pocket passer. No, they wouldn't have. But they also didn't want to draft him because they didn't want to go down the road that they knew they would have had to go down if they drafted Lamar. Yeah, they just would have never drafted Lamar. <laughs> John Elway was right. Didn't he say uh, he'll be a good quarterback for someone, someone else? Someone else. <laughs> no, not for someone else. For someone. Yes, yes, for someone. He was right. He's a good quarterback. <laughs> yep. Kirk Smith, 44. Hey, guys, a few things I've thought about in the last few days. One, make Thursday in some way interesting. Vic and Gay should, should agree to a loser Leafs town match, WWE style, a resignation after the 50, after, or at the 50 after the game. Wow. Two, Vic, the defensive genius, can't have a bend. Don't break defense anymore. If you bend five times in a game and give up five field goals, you lose with this offense. Start blitzing, create some turnovers, and help out your stagnant or and and help out your stagnant offense as usual and maybe don't line up with reed and chris godwin for any play of the game it's just a play from the third quarter which makes me think this guy's a defensive genius three how about, this, how about malik reed good coverage on that play all he had to do is turn his head around he might have a pick yep yep three for mr b four for the overtime rules, what about a two-minute drill for both teams from their own 20 with one timeout the team that goes first or the team that goes first, one point added to their score. The team that gets a full set of timeouts. I don't know. I think it would be fun and exciting. And what do you – And you would almost always have a winner after the second drive. We're giving away free points out here? Yeah, wow. In a tie that's, game? That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would be entertaining, but it seems entirely unfair. <laughs> uh, from LDJ, sorry at this point I got to ask. Are we going to have a team healthy enough to even finish the season? I mean, what the hell? Yeah, I've seen this. people saying this everywhere. We do realize there's, like, thousands of players just waiting for a call, right? Like, like maybe even more than – how many players – how many NFL replacement-level players do you think are just sitting on their couch right now? Oh, tons. Yeah, like 5,000-plus? Yeah, yeah. And if they need, I'll, I'll be happy to sign up for a half-a-million-dollar paycheck. I know th- that these comments are like tongue in cheek, but literally no matter what happens, they will have a team. <laughs> yes. The Danimal. I don't know who needs to hear this, but stop panicking about the three losses. Seriously, everyone. It's just the preseason. They don't count. Now <laughs> that we've worked out the bugs in these warm-up games, we can start our undefeated streak in New York and hit that perfect 16th win at the Super Bowl. Follow me for more NFL life hacks. Danimal out. That's the positivity we need. For Michow, Fangio, we will not be making a change at right tackle. IR, hold my beer. <laughs> yep. You're 100% right. The Broncos forced to make a change on the offensive line. Samuel B. Sue, hey, guys. It look, uh, I look like 2020 when everything is going wrong is the opposite side of the coin of 2015 when everything had to go right. I think the team was built to win this year, but 2020 had different ideas. Everyone is talking tanking for Trevor, but I think they have it all wrong. I'm a big fan of Drew, and I think the Broncos should be tanking for Penny Sewell. Yes, suck for Sewell, as some have said. He is by far the best tackle in years, and if Munchak has done so well with Bowles, imagine what he can do with Sewell. This season is painful because we had expectations, but I still think we're on the right path, and if we stay the course and keep the coaches and QB for a change, we will be a contender sooner rather than later. Let's play and develop our young players, Judy, Hamler, Fant, Cushenberry, Reisner, Ajim, Ojemudia and mainly Locke when he comes back. Thanks for the, t- the coverage in these tough times. If you have the number one pick, you take Trevor Lawrence. If you have the number two pick, you, there's a conversation to be had about whether or not you should take uh, Penny Sewell, who certainly seems like a, a generational left tackle. 
He really does. And he seemed like that for a while now that to get a can't miss guy in the top five is what you need to do if you're not going after quarterback. And he certainly seems like that. McCaffrey addict RK, you crushed it on Broncos beat. It was cool seeing you on there with all the injuries piling up. Are you guys concerned with the reputation MetLife stadium has built in regards to injuries? Have you heard about this? What are your thoughts or concerns specifically around or especially with the decimated Broncos team coming into town? Final note, inject Ajim into our veins this Thursday. I want to see what he's got. Yeah, sign me up. Um, in terms of the injuries, I'm absolutely positively mortified about it. Uh, and I'm going to be watching every single play with clinched cheeks. <laughs> yeah, it's very scary. Uh, and you just hope that more guys aren't added to the injury list after. Sucks. It absolutely sucks. But uh, we'll just keep our fingers crossed and hope that everyone's okay and continue touching wood every time we talk about these things like right now. So with that being said, a, a last minute shout out here to Green Mountain Dental Group. You heard me talk about it. A cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group will net you a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can keep those pearly whites pearly and white as well. Only 15 minutes from downtown Denver out there in Lakewood. Uh, and it's just really a great family atmosphere over there. So head on down to Green Mountain Dental and have them take care of you. They take care of us. And uh, they've been a supporter of us for a long time. Shout out Green Mountain Dental. But that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow to preview the game.